Welcome back. We got another episode of For the Rebels coming at you live, this time from the actual main cave. Today we have a new rebel on. Uh, this rebel hasn't been on yet. I have not. No. Jeremy Denlinger, baby. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, dude. Always. This is a pleasure. I'm fired up. So, fix this. So, we got Jeremy coming on, and Jeremy's going to be talking about the Bible. And Jeremy is a uh, LBC grad. What year did you graduate? I graduated in 2015. 2015. Yes. Sweet. So, and what did you uh, get? Biblical studies degree? Yeah, I was a dual major uh, in biblical studies and student ministry. So. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. I said sweet. That's yeah. why I work with you at Calvary <laughs> with the student ministries. <laughs> oh, man. With our crazy middle schoolers. With our crazy middle schoolers. I, actually, I was thinking about the other day. I was like, Man, we have been beat up for the gospel. We've been kicked. We've been punched. We've been spit on. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what the Bible's talking about when it talks about persecution. It's talking about working with middle schoolers. Working with middle schoolers. <laughs> and I love every second of it. It's great. It's wonderful. I wouldn't take it back at all. Oh, no. It's dude, been awesome. No way. So, Jeremy, do you want to tell me a little bit about like uh, what you do and, like I don't know, just you know, keep it short, like what you... Uh, what you do for work and a little bit about yourself. You know? Yeah. So like people I like said, hearing about the rebels, I'll tell you all about it. I was, I graduated in 2015, like I said. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, while I was in college, I started working at friendship community, which is an organization for people with intellectual disabilities. So I was providing direct care. Uh, and then when I graduated, I was looking for a student men job. Um, but ended up taking a management position at Friendship just kind of tied me over. And so seven years later, it's still tiding me over. <laughs> or six years later, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. Um, but it's great. I, I really like it. Um, I've changed positions a couple times, tried out different stuff. Um, yeah. So it's been good. But yeah, I work with uh, uh, adults with intellectual disabilities, nice. which is different than than middle schoolers. Yeah, yeah. Somewhat, <laughs> somewhat two different. Ends, there like is two spectrums. Yeah. Like there's some overlap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's good. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. So the topic of conversation today is going to be sola scriptura, scripture alone. Mm -hmm. So uh, sola scriptura is uh, Latin. Is that correct for scripture alone? It is Latin. It's, it is Latin. Yes. So I'm not sure why we need to say it in Latin, but a lot of people do. So. <laughs> it's just what Martin Luther wanted to say it in. So that, that's what he did. What that's he, what he I guess went he with. Didn't speak English. That's a good point. He spoke German, but I guess German. the church spoke Latin, so Latin. he was yeah. Speaking actually, it to them. We can get, yeah, church didn't have the Bible. In we English. can get we can get into that. It didn't have it in English. It, <laughs> it didn't have it in German. It was in Latin. It only. was in dead language Latin. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. Um, it's gonna be great. This is like our faith, honestly, is built on the word of God and the word of God reveals to us that Jesus Christ is the foundation of our faith. So we need to be able to explain why we believe the word of God is flawless in its original writings. We need to be able to explain why the Bible is like sufficient for us as Christians mm -hmm. while it's simple. I mean, there's just a lot about the Bible. We need to be able to, as Christians, give a defense for the faith. And we need to know that it's true. Like we need to believe ourselves in our daily lives that yeah. it impacts the decisions we make like yeah. we have to truly believe that as christians because that's that's what it comes down to like that is the word of god yeah. that he spoke to us for the purpose of us living life as yeah. believers so and it's not just like an intellectual like agreement yeah. oh i believe that god's word is true it is like it's there's an aspect of faith to it like we mm -hmm. were talking about aspect of faith to it. and the bible says we are not to be hearers only but doers yeah. and that's that's a big part of it like your faith well, faith without works is dead. Yeah. And so that's that's with scripture. Like you have to yeah. be doing it if you're really going to believe it. Yeah. 
So it's important to know what it says and it's yeah. important to know why it says it. And yeah. yeah, so that's what we're talking about. And especially I do want to touch on this as our culture is like shifting. So our, our culture and our generation is shifting away mm-hmm. from Christian beliefs. We don't, we no longer respect Christian tradition and Christian values. Yep. Right. And there, I honestly don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. But it's going to be very, very, very important that the guys in the church that we know why we believe what we believe. We can't just believe what our parents believe. We mm. need to take it on for ourselves and study God's word for ourselves. And how amazing is it that the God of all creation, the almighty, powerful, loving, holy, perfect God, gave us a revelation about who he is. Yep. And he wrote it thousands of years ago, but he knew what we'd be going through right now. So it's it, it counts for what we're doing right now. It applies yep. to it. Totally. And this is a tangent. But oh, since we talked about it, tangents, come on. Truth right now is something that is is hard to really discern, right? Like yeah. people want to change what truth is. Postmodernism, the whole idea yeah. of I define my own truth, like I choose my own identity, all that stuff. Yeah. Like all you have to do is hop on the internet to see all that. So truth, Bible, the Bible is making a truth claim. It's saying this is what's true for everyone. This is what God says is true, which is a universal truth. So nobody can argue with that truth. So that's a big claim it's making. Yeah. Uh, and especially in a time when truth is relative and we can believe whatever you want to believe about yourself, like the Bible is super countercultural. So believing in the Bible and believing in the truth of the Bible is something that is for the rebels. Come on, baby. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. All right. So uh, we want to dive into uh, the little bit that we mapped out. At first, guys, I do want to point this out. Uh, we were just winging on For the Rebels, and then I started to realize that there's too many bunny trails if we just wing. So we actually have trails. an outline for you guys today. We actually, well, spent especially a for this preparing. topic, it's so big. <laughs> I know. It we is could just topic. talk to you guys for like three hours about this if you want, but we outlined it so that we wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is a lot of tangents we could go there on. There is a lot of tangents. <laughs> and I do want to do an episode. If someone's out there listening and you want to talk about Protestant Reformation, William Tyndale mm-hmm. and the guys that died and like sacrificed mm-hmm. for us to have the word of God in our hands today, I think that's a really cool topic. Anyway. It's a very cool topic. Yes. yes. So, Trent, I was listening yes. to your podcast about anger. Oh, And yeah. uh, at the end of it, you were talking about the three-legged stool of the Catholic Church. And yeah, that's yeah. why I wanted to talk about Sola Scriptura because that was Luther's whole counterpoint to what the Catholics believed. That was his whole uh, argument against Against. the three-legged stool. So Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone, it has three basic arguments in it. The first one is that Scripture is the supreme authority over the church. The Bible alone is infallible as God's word and nothing else is. So that's a pretty big statement. And these days, I don't feel like we might not think that's that big of a statement, but at the time when you have the Pope ruling over... Um, you know, everything he's calling crusades, he's making people pay money to get out of hell. Like that's a, that's a big statement to say that the scripture only, that's all we need. That's the sole authority. Today, sometimes I think we maybe get a little overinvested in like pastors and that kind of thing. They're, they're awesome. And and pastors are great leaders, but the Bible talks about the scripture. We're talking, we're, we're holding everything up against the scripture. So traditions, what your pastor says, uh, just anything we're comparing it to the scripture or reading the Bible. And those teaching, those elders, they are submitting to the word of God. Yes. Yeah, they should That's, be. They bend the knee to God <laughs> yes. and his revelation. So. Yes. And I think that can be that can be tough because we kind of live in a Christian culture that has a lot of like 
stars like star christians you've yeah. got like the big um musical stars or you have the big like preachers yeah, yeah who yeah, like yeah. you know have mega churches yeah like uh joel steen or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean there's nothing that's really wrong and with some that. of them are great some, some of them, them are, great. are great some of them are great yeah. but like if you if you're so based on that and not on scripture when you have these scandals that we've seen yeah. where like people are coming out and like there's sexual abuse or assault or whatever all this crazy stuff that comes out in the news like that would rock your faith if you're not basing your faith on scripture yes. and the truth yeah so. Our faith is in Jesus, not our leaders. Exactly. Faith is in Christ. Yeah. God appoints those people and we hold them accountable and it's, they're great. Yeah. But you know, we need scripture and we need Jesus. Yep. Yep. But sorry, that's another tangent. And another tangent. Anyway, <laughs> back on track. <laughs> back on track. So that is the supremacy of scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing that Luther talked about was that scripture is sufficient. So we don't need miraculous uh, signs. We don't need prophecies. We don't need angels speaking to us. Like, that kind of stuff has happened in the Bible and uh, that kind of stuff can still happen. God still does miracles, but ultimately we don't need that stuff for our faith. So like, for this example is, Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually you go. No, I need to find this Bible verse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a really hype one and my Wi-Fi is not working. Oh, anyway, I'm excited. Going. Sorry, bud. Yes. <laughs> go find it. <laughs> I'm excited for the hype Bible verse. Um, but yeah, you look at like guys like um, Joseph Smith, who back in the 1800s was, a Christian supposedly, and he decided that he needed some extra biblical revelation to get things spiced up, to get things interesting. So he went out in the woods, he found an angel, he found some tablets and stuff, and suddenly you have Mormonism. So like you don't yeah. need that extra biblical revelation. And I the mean, reason we know that's wrong is because it contradicts it contradicts it contradicts the Bible. The Bible. Yeah. yeah. So we don't even even real miracles that have happened. Like those yeah. things are awesome and it's awesome to hear about it. I love yeah. hearing about like miracles oh, on the mission field and stuff. Like there's yeah. there's incredible stories. Yeah. Um and we honestly, sometimes I'm bummed out. Like we don't see that here in America that often, like these big miraculous events. I know. Or at least they're not hyped up. Sometimes they happen. They're happening. Yeah. Oh, um, they for sure happen. But, but ultimately we don't need that for salvation. No, we don't. What's in the Bible is sufficient. So I got this. Give me your hype verse. In, uh, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. This is first Corinthians one twenty two. So I think this is like exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling, a stumbling block to Jews, and apparently my voice, a stumbling <laughs> block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. Amen. We preach Christ crucified. We Jews preach Christ demand crucified. signs. So I think that's something that, you know, like, you don't necessarily need signs. We don't necessarily need wisdom or philosophy. We mm-hmm. got Christ crucified and mm-hmm. his word revealed to us. Christ crucified itself is the biggest miracle of all time. Well, yes. maybe his resurrection. Yeah. But yeah. like Christ coming down, human form, yeah. dying on the cross for our sins. Like that show of love, obviously that's yeah. huge and that's all we need. That's all we need, man. That's all we need. That's all we need. So I also have uh, John 20 uh, Ooh, verses okay. 30 and 31, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I don't have written down. But basically uh, John is saying um, that Jesus did a bunch of miracles. He says he did a bunch of other miracles that are not recorded here in the book of John. But these ones are recorded so that you can believe and you will know what's true. Like that what he's saying there is there's tons of miracles that Jesus did, but ultimately we don't need to know about all those. Like it'd be cool to know yeah. all of the miracles that Jesus did. Yeah. One day we will be. And one day we will. And it'll be awesome. We'll be seeing miracles every day living with Jesus. Like that'll be amazing. Um, but we don't need that to believe what was written in John was enough uh, yeah. for us to have belief just in the book of John. Yeah. Which is a great book. If you need some scripture to read, go read the book of John. And the Bible is sufficient for living out the Christian life. We have everything we need in God's word to live a holy, sanctified mm-hmm. life. Amen. So, 
Yeah. So then yeah. the final, the final, the third piece of Sola Scriptura is the clarity of scripture, which is pretty self-sufficient, but just the yeah. idea that you and I can read the Bible and we can understand it. And that was a big deal for Luther because at the time, as we said, it was written in Latin, like no one could read it. Yeah. Uh, all of the people around him in his, you know, he was a priest. So all the people in his parish, they all spoke German, so they couldn't read the Bible. Um, so it was a big deal when they translated it into German and then they translated it into English as yeah. you're talking about. Like that's, that was huge. It was treason pretty much. It was it treason. Was, it was People like, you're gonna die burned at the stake. Yeah. They lost their head. They were called heretics. Yeah. That was a big deal. But the scripture itself, the reason that people didn't want it translated was because they knew that man would, people would read the scripture and they would know the truth yeah. and they'd be set free from the bondage of like the, the, the hierarchy of, of power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of, higher, of tradition, the yeah. bondage of religion tradition. Like yeah. it, it, it was a bondage, man. God's it's a money machine. Were getting, they were making yeah. money like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's not yeah. good. And I think, you know, us being Protestants, it's so easy to say, we hate tradition, anything, yeah, yeah about tradition is wrong and i think there's honestly a beauty in tradition mm-hmm. like i'm not i'm not a big hymn guy but like i think it's oh cool i am i love hymns. i mean i love hymns i'm, I'm not <laughs> saying i don't love hymns but i'm just saying i think it's super cool to sing songs that mm-hmm. like people before us have sang to mm-hmm. jesus like here on earth like mm-hmm. that is super cool well so, that's what the book of psalms is yeah i yeah. know Tra- no tradition is great yeah. i love i do appreciate tradition yeah, yeah. but that goes back to the authority of scripture like as yeah. long as that tradition lines up with scripture it's yep. great. It can benefit us. Yeah. Um, I mean, the doctrine of the Trinity is obviously found in Scripture, but at the same time, like the way it's written and put together for us to understand is tradition, like quote unquote. Yeah. Like so, you know that yes. that there's good tradition that lines up yeah. with Scripture, but ultimately, tradition can't be that number one thing. Like, yeah. you know, Our the statue of Mary be- crying blood or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah, don't, yeah. we don't need that tradition. No. We don't need that kind of stuff from the Catholic Church no. or from you know a lot of different places that yeah eastern orthodox or whatever even the lutherans have a lot of tradition (laughs) not to call out any lutherans but you know it can be good too yeah (laughs) um yeah so anyway that that's sola scriptura and i think that stuff is is just super good super important to remember about scripture um but i think i wanted to we also wanted to talk about um how do we know it's true yeah how do we know the word of God is true. And I think it's important to note what you always say. And I love how you always remind me of this. Like, we believe the word of God because, right, it, like, is clearly flawless. It's perfect. It's historically accurate. And we're mm-hmm. going to go more into this about, mm-hmm. like, why logically and practically the Bible is, why logically and practically the Bible is totally sound. But there's also this aspect of faith, and we just need to believe it. Too. Mm-hmm. So it's both. We don't have blind faith, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have blind faith, but our faith is built on something. Yeah, exactly. There is a step of faith. And it, it like it is we call it faith for a reason. You have yeah. to we can't be argued into the truth of the Bible or just yeah. see the facts and be like, "Oh, okay." I mean, there's yeah. people who have I think Jordan, you know Jordan Peterson? Yes. I think he's a great example of that. I mean, I'm not saying where his hearts are at or anything like that, but man, he's a freaking mastermind. Mm-hmm. I can't even follow him, but and he understands that the Bible is totally sound and logically it makes total sense. Yep. But it's like that faith aspect. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's anyway. I mean, the devil himself we were talking about earlier. He knows the scripture. He's literally met God. (laughs) And yet he believes in God. He does not believe. He does not put his faith in. He doesn't have his faith in him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, but he knows God's real. He knows. Oh, he's talked to him. (laughs) Lengthy conversations. So yeah, he knows he's real. Um, So it's not all that to say, uh, just to preface the conversation about knowing how that the Bible's true, like stuff that we can look at, uh, to support our faith. Like that stuff is good. 
Um, and God is generous. He gives us that. Like God could, honestly, God could have just created the world and then left to spin. And just yeah. based on creation, it says in the Bible that that creation calls out. Like we can see creation yeah. and we can know that God exists and we can Romans know the 1. truth about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. General revelation, I think, is like the term for that. that exactly. You right. can look up into the sky and be like, wow, there's something bigger than me. Exactly. This but God is generous to us. He didn't just leave us with that. He decided oh. to step into his creation literally by sending his son, but he gives us his word. So it's, he, he, he just gives us, he keeps giving us like more and more awesome things to try to bring us to himself. Like that's what he wants. He wants us to be with him. So he gives us his word. He gives us his son. Um, he gives us general revelation. Uh, he gives I mean, us proof, yeah, just, just gives proof historical proof that we can look at as, as humans. Yeah. So all that to say there is proof. It's yeah. just, you know, there is still his faith. The and amount I, of love that God has towards us that he would be gracious enough to give us revelation, like mm-hmm. to give us his word. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. Yep. Like it's I amazing. said, he could have just let us let us spin yep. and said, well, if they come to me, they come to me. Yeah. But, you know, he wouldn't have gotten very he many that way God. and he loves us. So he yeah. wants us. Yeah, yeah, He's chasing yeah. after us. Chasing after us, baby. Yeah. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that was a tangent. Anyway, that was I know, another but you tangent. know what? <laughs> We're doing a big topic. And, it is uh, a big topic. It is a big topic. It's a big God. So, so yeah, let's talk about, like we said, let's talk about why why we believe the, the Bible's true or yes, why we can yes, believe yes. that the Bible's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we brought This question, I think, came up between us the first time um, a couple months ago when one of our middle schoolers raised the question, like, how can we know the Bible's true? And he yeah. was asking some really great questions. Yeah, and he was. I would love yeah, for him to listen to those podcasts because I started answering and then he was like off into like, <laughs> he was <laughs> on to the next topic. Like he dropped these like bombshell questions that were amazing about like, how do we know the Bible's like true? Like an absolute hammer. Yeah, Boom. like big questions, like huge issues that like, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. And then, you know, he's off like flicking boogers. And we, and we got this Bible college student here. He's about ready to geek out. I'm like, oh, dude, yes. Yes, I want to answer all these questions. And then he's just like on to the next thing. Love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. He's, and we had plenty of time to answer the questions oh, yeah, yeah. over yeah, we time. Did. We did. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's just funny, though, the whiplash you get. <laughs> it goes from the deepest theological issue to just like the dumbest stuff, <laughs> which I love. Because it's like my Keeps brain. You on your toes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. You never stop being a middle school boy, really. I don't think. No. Yeah. Anyway, no. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. where are we at? The reasons that we can believe the Bible's true. The first reason is that it's kind of cliche, but the Bible says that it's true. Yeah. So just right there, the Bible is making a claim about itself to be true. So you yeah. can't say, I think that's important to note because some people want to just say the Bible's good teaching or it's good philosophy or it's good things to live by. Um, like Judeo-Christian values, like those are great, that kind of thing. But to just leave it at that, that's calling the Bible a liar because the Bible is saying about itself that it's true, that it's the word of God. Obviously, you've got the big verse, 2 Timothy 3.16. That is that is the anthem of the Sola anthem Scriptura. The anthem of Sola Scriptura. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and preaching yeah. and rebuking. And I don't have it as Crushing memorized as I should. <laughs> yeah, there maybe, it is. Maybe. <laughs> Thank you. We need a Bible verser <laughs> looker upper guy. Yo, that would be sweet. If you had a guy who was sitting over here just fact checking our Bible verses. Have you, uh, did you listen to any of the earlier podcasts? We had one for like the first like couple episodes. You did? Where did we he did go? We did have one. He's not here today. He's oh. not here. And nobody knows who the Bible verser looker upper guy is. Dang. But it's mysterious. I should have had one today. It's so nice. I shouldn't have revealed that he's not here. I should. <laughs> <laughs> he's still here, guys. He's here in spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. 
So Jesus says that, now this is where I need a Bible verse to look her up her guy. Mm-hmm. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No Nobody comes, comes to the, to the Father, Father except, except through me. me. Jesus calls himself truth. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, yeah, that's important to make note of, that he Indeed. is the truth. He is. So. And the Bible's all about him, yeah. which I'm going to get to here in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. passionate about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, all that to say, the Bible says it's true. So that's important. Yeah. It's important to note that it's not just like, good teaching and stuff it's actually saying about itself that it is truth and that it is ultimate universal truth like it's it's making a huge truth claim which i said earlier but like that's that's important to realize that um you 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 can't just take like the good principles of the bible and leave it at that you need the whole thing it's like uh well i'll go back to that later yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i don't want to go on a tangent (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so it says it's true um but that's like when when the middle school boy asks you why can we believe the Bible's true? If you said, well, the Bible says it is, like that's not going to be a no, sufficient no. answer. Yeah. yeah. So the second point, the second reason that we can believe the Bible is true, at least my second reason, is that scripture supports scripture. So yeah. we often think about the Bible as just a book. Like it's the book of the Bible. It's one big book. Yeah. And it is one big book, but it's really a collection of books. It's 66 books written by over 35 authors over the course of several thousand years yeah Yeah. 2000 years 2000 years so so that's that's at least anyway if you think about it as 66 individual books and writings and manuscripts by a whole slew of different authors really it's only one author but a slew of different human authors and all the fact that all of those scriptures and all of those bible verses and all of those books line up together like that's a huge point to the fact that it was inspired, that God is the one yeah. who's directing this whole thing. Because you have you have Moses writing uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, like the, yeah. the Pentateuch. And then you have Paul writing First and Second Corinthians or whatever. And yeah. these guys are like thousands of years apart, speaking completely different languages um, from completely different backgrounds in completely different time periods. And yet what they're talking about is lining up if you go back to Genesis, it's talking about Jesus back there. Yeah. Like we talked about, um, we talked earlier about how you have uh, Abraham and Isaac and how Abraham's yeah. taking Isaac up to be the sacrifice. And then God provides the perfect lamb. Yeah. Like that's Jesus. That's talking um, about the story uh, of Jesus. You look at G- God provides the perfect sacrifice for yeah. all of us to take away our sins. So we don't have to die. Yeah. You know, in that story we're Isaac and that Ram, that perfect Ram, that's just randomly there in the brambles that God yeah. shows up for Abraham. Like, that's Jesus carrying the wood on his back yeah. up the mountain. Yeah, that's. I us. mean, we, that we should is be sacrificed. Insane. We should be slaughtered. That's that is the, insane, dude. And, but then God and provides Genesis a way out. Three fifteen, like the third, literally the third chapter in the Bible, the Messiah is prophesied. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, amazing. The, the third evangelum. I learned that mm-hmm. one from Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but that's true. That's awesome. Yeah. That uh, as death entered through one man, as sin entered through one man, and death through sin. So also, uh, salvation entered through one man. Anyway, that's, that's Romans. Yeah, there we go. But that's talking about how, how sin enters through Adam and then salvation enters through Christ. But that's also foretold. That's talked about. That's Jesus or, uh, yeah, Jesus. But God is talking to Adam and Eve and he's talking about, this is the curse, but from your womb will come the one who will crush the serpent's head and all that. Like that's coming right out of the gate because the whole thing is about Jesus. The whole thing. The whole thing. And like, there's, Okay. I can only imagine growing up like an Orthodox Jew, you yeah. understand oh. so much more about like who Jesus was. Jesus fulfilling the role of prophet, priest, mm-hmm. and king. Mm-hmm. We don't really understand like prophet, priest, mm-hmm. and king because we don't grow up in the Jewish culture and Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. But he was 
perfectly fulfill the prophet, priest, and king yep. role. Yep. Like there's just so there is so much that we don't understand because we weren't raised in the Jewish tradition. Exactly. Yeah. And we probably we probably sell short the Old Testament. Like we I do. I read the we gospels do. all the time. I love the gospels. Yeah. But how often am I reading Leviticus? I know. <laughs> I've read it once, maybe. Like it's tough. <laughs> it's a, it's a tough one. It's yeah. a tough one. Um, but we should we should be versed in that. But on the flip side of what you're saying about the Orthodox Jews, like yeah. I can't think of a sadder group of people to be than the one who knows all of the Old Testament prophecy and you're waiting for the Messiah yeah. and you're just eternally waiting for the Messiah. But yeah. he came two thousand years ago. Yeah. Like you missed it. And you could still believe, but, and, and I, you know, I pray for those, those people. Um, oh, yeah. but you know, it's, it's just crazy to think that like, you're still waiting for that Messiah and the whole, they know, they know the whole old Testament. They well, know. they don't call it the old Testament, but they know that it's yeah. talking about a Messiah. They know they're waiting a Messiah. All the Jews, when Jesus came, all the Jewish people in Israel knew that they were waiting on a Messiah, that they were looking for the Messiah to free them from the They've Romans. Looking and looking, look, cause they know that the blood of bull and goats can never take away sin. And but, I guess they don't even sacrifice anymore, right? Because the temple is gone. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't even have the temple, they which is even more temple. unfortunate. Like, they don't have a way. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> at the time, like, they're, they're waiting for the Messiah. They know the yeah. Messiah is coming because the Old Testament is talking about the Messiah the whole time. Like, that, yeah. that's all the thing is talking about. And all the scholars know it. All the, all the Pharisees and the priests, they know what the scriptures at the time the yeah. law and the prophets they know what it's talking about it's talking about a coming messiah yeah. unfortunately they were expecting a political messiah they're expecting somebody to free them from rome and to be a new king yeah. like david was a king but they didn't realize it was going to be an eternal kingdom and they're just yeah. too short-sighted you know yeah, they yeah. needed to see that eternal <laughs> uh, aspect in the eternal kingdom and glory of uh, christ there's this youtube video i was watching and it's basically a street evangelist and he's going through like jerusalem and he's uh Asking the Jews if they know Isaiah 53 and he's reading them to Isaiah 53 and it's like, it's super cool. Now, I mean, it's not like they get down on their knees and yeah, like, yeah. oh my goodness, Jesus was the Messiah, mm -hmm. but it is super cool. And a lot of them are like, oh, oh yeah, that the Messiah would be a suffering servant, yep. you know? Yep. So, and that's, so anyway, all that to say, the whole point there is scriptures about Jesus, the whole yeah. thing, the whole way through every author. So taking it back to how do we know scripture is true? It's because it has the same theme the whole way through. When you have these 35 different authors in these 66 books, you have the same theme the whole way through. Yeah. No matter what book you're reading, it's pointing to Jesus. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is amazing. Yeah. Totally amazing. The scarlet thread of redemption is what they call it. The scarlet thread. It's like what that. some have called it. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. So that's, that's a big thing. Scripture supporting scripture. Did you have any other thoughts on that? On scripture? So, oh, dude. The <laughs> There's so many more thoughts uh, to be had. Do I have any more thoughts on that? <laughs> we can do an hour-long episode on scripture, like cross-references and all that. Yeah, exactly. But like when Jesus quotes the Old Testament, okay, well, well, let's just do this. Yeah. We talked about this in an earlier podcast, right? When Jesus is on the temple, or Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days fasting, and the devil tempts him with scripture. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that the devil knew scripture, the fact that the devil twisted what was written, Mm-hmm. To say something that it did not say. It clearly, the scriptures clearly did not say what the devil was trying to make it say. And how does Jesus respond to the devil? With scripture. With more scripture. And With that's scripture. that's all the law and the prophets. That's all the Old yeah. Testament because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. Yeah. 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 And so it's important that we as Christians, 
Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this. Know why we believe what we believe and all that. And mm-hmm. I mean, Luke 24, where Jesus, after the resurrection, and he's like on the road to Emmaus, he explains mm-hmm. to them everything from the law and prophets concerning himself. Can you imagine being there? I know. Well, I, I was in the last <laughs> podcast. Like, I would, I would pay anything to be there. That would have been amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's, uh, yeah, that's the cool thing. Jesus is, Jesus is aware that it's about him. Like, there's that, there's that scene in, what is it? No, he shows up. No, I'm just, oh, um, he shows up in one of the, the synagogues and he opens oh, up yeah. the scroll. He opens up Isaiah and he just starts reading. And then he says, this reading has been fulfilled in your hearing today. Like, can you imagine if you're just sitting in church one day and, and this guy stands up and just reads a prophecy and is like, yo, it's me. Yeah. Like that's, it's just mind blowing stuff. And yet of course they, they don't get it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he knew that he was fulfilling scripture and he's he's there trying to tell everybody the whole time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's cool. It's amazing. It's very cool. Very, very, very cool. So what's next on the So on the what's list? next? The, the list. You know, we've got, um, I don't want to get deep into this one because it's a little boring, but yeah. one of the reasons that we can believe the scripture is because it lines up with history and yeah. just the, I mean, it's not boring. I, I can, I nerd out <laughs> about it. Junkie. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, love yeah. history. So like I can like get all into the whole Alexander the great thing. Yes. And, like, is that the abomination of desolation? Is that what Alexander the great? So Ooh. the abomination desolation, this, be a big tangent, but this anyway. is a big tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I bring this up? <laughs> so the abomination. Yeah. What happened was, uh, it was after Alexander the great. He had his five yeah. kingdoms. He had his five generals who took over his kingdom split it into five parts so you have the seleucids and then you have the ptolemaic line in egypt whatever so the seleucids are marching over to egypt to go fight him they happen to go through jerusalem and decide to butcher a pig on the altar and it's a terrible thing because you know pigs are unclean yeah it's an abomination so anyway yeah that whole thing is uh during that period but yeah so it's related to alexander the great before that you have um Daniel prophesies about him. There's a goat that comes leaping over across the the you know the sea, and he takes over all the land, and it yeah. it lines up like it's it's Alexander the Great, hundreds of years before Alexander yeah. the Great shows up. So that kind of prophecy is pretty cool. It's amazing, but it also lines up with just the the historical facts of yeah. the Bible. Like it's a it's a document that's based within history. Like it's yeah. it's, it's a historical yeah. document. It really it's is. not just a philosophy book. It actually is taking place in a historical real world environment. So you can line up anything. You've got obviously Egypt, you've got Rome, you've got the pharaohs, you've got yeah. um, Nebuchadnezzar, you've got the the Greeks, you've got, you know, everybody's in there. It's like a, it's a big historical yeah. document. Back in the yeah. 1800s, we didn't know about the Assyrian Empire, which is an empire that's talked about a lot in the Bible. Yeah. Like historically, it had never been discovered because the Middle East was ruled by the Ottoman Empire. And then prior to that, like other Muslim states and that kind of huh. thing. So it hadn't, no archaeological digs had been done in that area. So they never actually discovered the Assyrian Empire. They knew about the Persians because the Iranians claimed to be Persian and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a whole tangent. But the point is, <laughs> the Assyrian Empire had not, never been discovered by yeah. archaeologists, but it was talked about in the Bible. So they're pe- like, it must be true. It, yeah. People thought it must be true. But those who were more secular, like they would have just, you know, it's a Bible myth, whatever. But then one time in the 1850s, a guy goes over there, he discovers Nineveh, he discovers, you know, the facts of the historical empire, the the Assyrian empire. And now like they have, you go to Wikipedia and you can read all about it and all the historical finds they found there. But that's just like the Bible's a historical document. It talks about this thing that happened. And then, you know, there it is. They found it eventually. Or like, I'll just do a quick rant quick rant like what you did the <laughs> epic of gilgamesh yeah you know about that like that's yes. that's wild that's nutty it stone tablets mm-hmm. that like are pretty much they're not identical to like 
the Bible's version of the flood, but they are right. very, very, very similar. There's a lot of similarities. There's and a there's, lot of similarities. That's a, that's, that's it's a like whole tangent. Tablets. Like, we could talk about the flood sometime. That's a cool oh, topic. Oh, dude, I don't even know but if the I'm fact capable of that one. There's <laughs> so many different cultures that have flood narratives and flood yeah. stories. Like, you can't tell me that a flood didn't happen at some point. Like, why does every culture in, a, in the world, like ancient Mesopotamians or ancient whatever, like all over the world, yeah. ancient uh, Incans, have flood, flood narratives stories. or flood stories yeah. in their in their mythology. So yeah. you can't tell me a flood didn't happen. I mean, obviously it happened because the Bible says it happened. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, plus there's ge- geographical, um, you know, evidence, evidence of it and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, sure. none of that is necessarily relevant at this but, time. Yeah, <laughs> it's I a mean, whole rant. Sure, but sure. yeah, going, yeah, but going back to like, the thing is though, there is the historical proof and that's awesome. But like you could discover Noah's Ark and you could discover uh, chariots at the bottom of the Red Sea, yep. and you could discover like all these cool like historical things that the Bible talks about. Maybe you could discover that Jericho's walls fell down in a second or something. Like yeah. you could discover that archaeologically, but still people would not, not believe, believe because yeah. ultimately it's not about you know. I like to come back to it, but you do have to take that that step yeah. of faith. Like you could somebody can see the entire thing. The Satan has seen the entire thing, and yep. yet he doesn't put his faith in God. So yeah. anyway, I don't want to get any further into historical yeah, because there's well, so much there's but so it's much fun. and i do want to dude i i love like now necessarily i love church <laughs> like studying church history i think mm-hmm. it's so cool so sometime we got to have you back you got to do some church history yeah, and i can rant about it all i love <laughs> learning about like how god works through the people there is mm-hmm. people like over the course of the centuries yeah and he always has his faithful always faithful man mm-hmm. always faithful mm-hmm. to us so yeah anyway so cool is there anything else that we really want to any nails we want to drive in here about man what other nails can i oh yes we got to talk about the the copies of the bible oh the manuscripts the manuscripts we got to talk about it dude we got to talk about that that's definitely worth talking about so (laughs) obviously all of that is like previous to this we're talking about the the stuff that's originally written how do you know it's true so that's that's good like let's say now you've accepted that the original bible was inspired uh, as it was written but this was actually another of the questions that was raised by our middle schooler. Yeah. He made the point. He was like, well, how do you know that the, the translations are the translations and the copies of the copies? How do you know they held up? And we can know that because we yeah. have evidence of it. So you, you look at the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's a huge archaeological find right there. They were discovered and they're, they date back to 1100 BC. Prior to finding those, they were like perfectly preserved and stuff like that in these yeah. caves and some all that. Kid, yeah, 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 some kid throwing rocks to find his goat accidentally breaks a jar and then he goes up there and he's like, Oh wow. Complete scroll of Isaiah, I think was in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. Um, awesome find. But prior to that discovery, the oldest like manuscript that we had of the old Testament was 200 BC. 200 BC was when it was dated. So it was written in 200 BC. So then we find the Dead Sea Scrolls that are dated back to 1100 BC and BC counts backwards. Yeah, know, the opposite. Yeah, it's, it's, it's confusing. confusing. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's yeah. confusing. It messes with. But you. anyway, just quick fact: isn't it amazing that the whole entire world, world like admits that at zero AD, the point. death and like death of Christ? Anyway, anyway you know what gets me about that? Now they call it. They they have you seen this? They switch it from in in history books and stuff. They go yeah. from calling it BC to uh, BCE. It's before the Common Era, and they've changed AD to CE, which is the Common Era. Which is like, well, what's the you can, you're admitting of Jesus Christ? Yeah, because BC and AD are, are Latin for 
in the uh, year of our Lord. Uh, Midium Dio or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, but they changed that to BCE and BC. And it's like, well, what's what what makes it the common era versus the un, you know, the before the common era? What made it the common era? What happened? Maybe what happened? The sacrifice that, that paid for the sins of the world. Maybe that's what made yeah. it the common anyway. I mean, obviously that's because the people who made the calendar were Christians. Yeah, so that doesn't necessarily yeah. prove that much. But it I is know. cool that I think it's cool. It is cool. It is cool. It is cool. I like that that fact. Anyway. Um anyway, that's not <laughs> that's a whole, the whole tangent. Um but yeah, anyway, those manuscripts that they, the the Dead Sea Scrolls that they found, 900 years predating the the formerly oldest manuscript they had, and yet they're still like 99% accurate, like the parts that they can read, yeah. which is just awesome because that tells you that over 900 years, those scribes are doing like an incredible job of just copying word by word. They didn't have photocopiers, Trent. I don't know if you know that. Wow. They didn't have photocopiers back then. <laughs> they didn't have Wi-Fi. Not imagine. in the desert. Not in the desert, they didn't. They had satellite phones, but oh, not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> So the, those, the scribes, and the crazy thing about those scribes is they took the word of God so seriously that anytime they had to cha- write the name of God, Yahweh, they would change pens, right? So those guys are like holding wow. the scripture in incredible honor. So they're not going to be adding random crap to it. Like yeah. those scribes are the real deal. They're like religious leaders. Jesus is always talking to the scribes and the Pharisees in the New Testament. And the scribe, like a scribe is actually a religious leader in you know jewish culture so those guys they're not like these random dudes you know who are doing a part-time job super prestigious role yeah yeah exactly like you don't have to lift a finger to get your water or bake your bread or whatever like you're you're spending your whole day just writing just copying so it's a big deal and yeah. they did a good job and they would have had people like fact checking them so anyway you can see the proof of that though between 200 bc and 1100 bc where in that 900 years yeah. those manuscripts stay basically the same yeah. So then wow. we can believe based on that, like logically, you can believe that the 200, 300, 400 years before that, they're doing the same process and those manuscripts are accurate. Yeah. So it's cool. I mean, again, you know, does it prove the Bible or anything? Not necessarily, but it, it is really, it can help yeah. us to feel confident that what we're reading in the scripture is what God intended us to read. Like yeah. he, he wrote that to us and obviously God is still living and active. So he's yeah. going to be trying to make sure that what we're reading is going to be what yeah. he wants us to hear. Like what a miracle it is that we have God's word in our hands. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I got two Bibles sitting right beside me and this That's one a miracle. updated. This one actually the binding tore oh, off. Oh man. Kind of stinks. And uh, stink. uh, one kid tore uh, John 17 out. Like half of John 17 out. Which <laughs> Why? Is like one of my favorite. <laughs> he just, because he was, he just grabbed it. It was like, yeah. let me see that. <laughs> Ripped it right down the middle. I was like, you gotta be kidding. Come me. on. But uh, whack him over 11, the head with that Bible. Huh? Whack him over the head with that Bible. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen here, boy. I'm about to thump you with the word of the almighty God. <laughs> um, so where's this? Uh, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing both mine and marrow. Or something Bone like and that. marrow and piercing, dividing. and Yep. Soul and spirit. It divides soul and spirit. Divide. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we need a Bible verse or looker up. Or yeah, but I love That's that. That's a good verse. Just, I wish I could remember the, <laughs> the reference. The word. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to read this since this is in Hebrew 6, and I really like this. Therefore, therefore, okay, therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So it's saying, let us move on. Let us study the word of God deeper. Let us challenge our faith and ask the tough questions. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Ask him, that's what For the Rebels is about, asking mm-hmm. the tough questions. Because, I mean, that builds our faith up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, we need to ask the tough questions. 
and God wants us to ask. He's not afraid of our questions. Like we can look at Job and Job like just pelts God with questions and then God answers him and it's crazy. It blows Job's mind. And then Job just like falls down. He's like, I'm sorry. Who are you? (laughs) Were you there when I laid the foundation of the earth? Put your big boy pants on. He's like what he said. He's like, all right, explain to me why this works. And Job's like, I don't know. (laughs) But no, it's like God doesn't, he's not afraid of our questions. He wants us to ask. He wants like asking those questions, challenging God in that way. Like that's going to help us grow our faith because if you're truly asking, if you're truly searching for the answer, God will provide that answer to you. Like if anyone seeks wisdom, he should ask of God. That's in James. Not sure the <laughs> again. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is, is another one. Yeah, that's a good one too. What you were looking for was Hebrews four twelve. For the <sighs> word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even and oh, this is KJV. <laughs> piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts intents of the heart i was gonna say you should read that cool. in a british accent or like an old school accent for the word of god is quick <laughs> and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword okay that might not have been what we were going for anyway <laughs> it was close enough close enough <laughs> worth the laugh Oh, yeah. Um, We're KJV here only on further. KJV only. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a whole tangent about KJV only, but I'm going to leave it be. You can maybe do an episode on that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm just glad that that people are passionate about the scripture. I will say that. That's good. Um, But yeah, man. Oh, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Real quick. Real quick. You know, the Old Testament's awesome. The New Testament, we have 5,800 copies of the Greek manuscripts dating... Greek manuscripts. Re, uh, reiterate that. 5,800 5, copies. Yeah. Yeah. Dating back to 125 AD. So the first, I'm going to get this wrong, but the first like manuscript, the first New Testament book was written in like 70 AD, like 80 AD, somewhere okay, in there. Yeah, yeah. And then the first manuscripts we have of the New Testament, the earliest ones are like 125 AD. So that's only like 40, 50 years later. Yeah. So those are copies probably of the original letters or of the original books that Maybe were written. Timothy right now. I mean, we don't yeah. know, obviously, but right. a young guy who was yep. a young rebel who was... Uh, I bet you I bet you Timothy was copying Paul's letters yeah. to him. Like Timothy probably copied the Timothy. Like, that makes sense. He yeah. would have been the one who had the letter. Yeah. <laughs> it was written to him. <laughs> right? This is true. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if he read it like we read it anyway. That'd be that's cool. He probably read it in he Paul's voice, like he knew what Paul's voice yeah, sounded like. Like, like you know how you read cool. a text message from like yeah. your buddy <laughs> in his voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet you that's cool. That would be cool. But yeah, the uh, and the other thing about the New Testament. One other yeah. thing, it was written about Jesus when eyewitnesses were alive. So yeah. you have, um, oh, man. Once again. I have the Bible knowledge, but I just don't have the references tied to it, which is just my downfall. But, um, but you know, it talks about in one of the Gospels how, yeah. like, there was all these witnesses, and basically, you could go ask them. Like, these these guys saw Jesus raised, so you can yeah. go find that dude, because when they're writing the book, that guy's still alive. So they could go talk to that random dude who saw Jesus walking around. Yeah. And, you know, there was, there was hundreds of witnesses to that real-life event, and so you can check you can do that fact checking, which is just cool. Like at that time you could obviously yeah, now you yeah, can't, yeah. but uh, it's cool. And then you can get into the fact that the people who wrote the new Testament all end up dying for the new yeah. Testament. So if they're just making up random crap about things that happened, yeah. are they really going to die for that? Like yeah. guys are getting crucified upside down. People are yeah. getting beheaded. Um, and they're all given the option to recant 
Like if they recanted, that's what the Romans wanted. They wanted them to recant and then they would have publicized that to everyone. But obviously no one recanted because they all ended up dead. And then Christianity ended up blowing up all over the world (laughs) because it's true. Persecution (laughs) makes the church explode. Amen. Because the people who are persecuted know the truth. Like they're seeing the work of God and you... That's the crazy thing about like China right now. Yeah. And like and those, and, yeah. And there's persecuted churches where yeah. it's just like God is alive and he's there and he's just yeah. spreading his church. And yeah. no matter what they do to try to stop it, these they people are just baby. blowing up. I will build my church. Cause yeah. it's true. Cause yeah. it's the truth. And the people know that it's the truth because they're experiencing it firsthand. Yeah. And so we should all experience it firsthand too, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I was yeah, uh, awesome. Quick, one more quick tangent and then we got to wrap it up here. We did. I was, uh, <laughs> So there's this Iranian couple, right? And uh, they got saved. And the church in Iran, they're going to Turkey. A lot of them are going to Turkey. And a lot of them are coming to the United States to, you know, avoid persecution. Yeah. And uh, so this Iranian couple, they come to the United States. And they spend a year in the U.S., right? And they're just, like, getting involved in the church and all. And then the wife is quoted saying this. She says, the American church is in a satanic lullaby. Yeah. And then you know what she does? The couple goes back to Iran. They go. They rather have the persecution on Iran. Right back to it, dude. That's so sad. Like that's a that's a call out to us. Like we need to be alive, and we need to be on fire for Christ. Imagine you're like coming from Iran. You're like, we're gonna go to like the most blessed country in the entire world. Absolutely built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Built on Christian ideals. It is. It is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. It is. Yeah. And that was the point. Come there. Religious freedom. People just don't talk about it. It's only you're only allowed to talk about Jesus inside church. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. Mm-hmm. It's, anyway, yeah, we're not we're not brave enough to go out there and and preach the gospel. And I hear a lot about people saying like, "Oh, well, culture is trying to put it down, and you can't say Merry Christmas and whatever, whatever, whatever." Yeah. And it's like, who cares? Say it anyway. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe the culture is yeah. going that way. Yeah, but say it anyway. Like, you yeah. need to get out there and you need to be praying in schools. Like yeah. bottom line, you need to be preaching the gospel to your friends. You need to be sharing it in your workplace. But ultimately, like, it's awkward. Like, it oh, is. what it if is. I what if I say that I'm a Christian and they don't like me? Or like, what if the thing is we're also scared of? Like, what if like I say I'm a Christian and I'm I, I get caught messing up? Like, yeah. Christians aren't perfect people. Yep. But we're made sufficient by the blood of Christ to be ministers in yeah. the covenant. I struggle like with that, man, because like. Know, I don't, I'm not perfect. I <laughs> and I, it's like, well, I can't be hypocritical and, and talk about Jesus. But Jesus is talking about how we aren't perfect. So if you say, I believe in Jesus and Jesus says, I'm not perfect and I need him. <laughs> like that's, that's reinforcing the Bible. We're not good enough on our own and we're just normal people, you and me, but we need Jesus to save us. And that's what you need to share with everyone in your life. Uh, I'm going to wrap up with this last Bible verse because now we're coming up on 45 minutes. And I know you guys have no attention span. You don't like listen to podcasts. You can just skip minutes. through any boring parts of this. <laughs> Please do. Second Corinthians chapter three. This is verse four. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter of the spirit for the letter it kills, but the spirit gives life. We are sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant because of Jesus Christ. That's all. Awesome. So that, that's our confidence. If we're ever doubting it and Satan's tempting us and like, hey, you know, you're not sufficient to be members. You're not sufficient to be a minister of the new covenant. You point to that cross and you're like, yes, sir, I am because Jesus died for me. Yes, sir, I am. Yes, and sir, I, I am. think the thing that stops you from being a hypocrite 
like yeah. Christian hypocrites, like that's a big deal, right? Yeah, 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 the thing that deal. stops you is owning up to what you do wrong because yeah. that's the thing the world doesn't do. They don't yeah. own up to their sins. We own up to them and say, hey, I messed up, but yeah. good news, Jesus got me. Yeah. <laughs> like Satan wants to he throw that me. sin in your face, yep. but every time you throw it, you can say, he throws that sin and you can say like, yeah, man, that just shows how much glory goes to Christ. Yeah. Like glory was, Christ was willing to take all of that onto himself for me, even though he knew I was going to do all these terrible things. Yeah. What kind of love is that, man? What kind of love is that? That's another, we're going to have uh, Dan Mortar is going to come back on. He's going to talk about the adoptive love of Christ, Christ adopting us into his family and the love that was shown in that. Anyway, so. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, thanks, man. I'll tell you what. I I'm, warned you, uh, man. I'm I warned you. He war- I texted him earlier today. I was like, hey, man, I'm thinking, and I've got, I don't know, three hours of material here. You want to just go? <laughs> like, let's have a marathon. <laughs> let's do a marathon, dude. I'll tell you what. And it's conversations like this, man. Just boost the faith. I am, I am, I'm loving this. This is great, dude. So we got to do, we should do a part two sometime. I would love to. Yeah. Talk about it. Uh, I would love to come back and be a rebel. Where do we even go, man? <laughs> There's so many places to go. So many places. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in to another episode of For the Rebels Podcast. Keep rebelling against the culture and conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. We out. Boom.